Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. podcast where me nicole byer tries to figure out how i'm still single even though i will tickle your taint and giggle all day my guest today you know her you love her she was in mother's day she had a show called take my wife that's now on stars and you can download it uh she's a voice on care bears and she hosts a really awesome show at ucb franklin on tuesdays called put your hands together it's cameron esposito Nicole, you know what was so fun is that I was lost in this factory where you record this, <laughs> and you just um, didn't even emerge from the door, but opened the door and just yelled, Cameron, into the—and I felt so safe. And it was oh, from really? a place of—I was feeling very nervous because mm-hmm. this is like a a dark warehouse, you know? Yes, like it's, it's very strange. It's the evening, and— mm-hmm. um, and in I downtown L.A. In downtown L.A., where the fuck are the people? Mm-hmm, Not here. Mm-hmm, Except there are people down here. It's weird. Apparently, I just learned today people live upstairs. Yes. Uh, this is an old loading dock to something. And then there's the spaghetti factory next door. <laughs> right. The something. Fa- there was definitely the factory was in yes. there. But it's delicious food. That sounds great. And you would never think going to a place the called Spaghetti Factory would be delicious and delightful. No. <laughs> but it truly is. Cameron, truly, thank you so much for coming. I apologize for making you wait. Oh, no. My um, pleasure. Bad. To be here. My pleasure to be here. Time management. I was just happy to, I felt so found, like a little kid that had been left on a, the, 
the side of a train. What's that called? Platform. A platform. A train. Then platform. their parents pull away. Mm-hmm. You know, there I and was. Like, oh no, I'm all alone now, now. I've got no and one. And then a cool car comes by and goes, Cameron, get yeah. in. And I'm like, cool. And then I, and then I, and then that actually works out, and I don't die. I'm <laughs> like a child that ends up being okay. I mean, that's always that's the scariest always- thing. <laughs> Just be like, am I gonna die here? Yeah. I. Truly don't like being places where I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Because yeah. you're just like, is someone going to come out and yell at me and be like, scram, you idiot. You don't belong here. Yeah. It's, I, can I tell you a scary story that Please? I had happened to me? Um, I was in Buffalo, New York a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago to do stand-up comedy. This is we're recording this in the winter. Mm-hmm. So this was in the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was during their um, only or maybe their first. Maybe they've had one since then. Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the season, and I was taking a lift back to my hotel after the show, and um, the person that was driving me, you know how you can tell if somebody has, like, a speakerphone on, even if, like, like what was on his phone was the GPS, mm-hmm. but then it had that little, like, green line yes, yes, yes. on an iPhone, and um, so we're driving along. I'm in the middle of a warehouse district, not unlike this one, mm-hmm. but except in Buffalo, and it's extremely cold, and then I just, uh, through the speakerphone, somebody just started laughing an unknown person Mm -mm. on speakerphone Mm -mm. started laughing very loudly Mm -mm. and the driver acted as if this wasn't happening (laughs) so i uh what would you have done in this situation um it was very cold i just have to make it's a blizzard it's very you could walk if you if you duck and roll out of the car Mm -hmm. you would just you can die you could die of exposure it's like lady birding is not possible so what do you do lady birding (laughs) oh i love that uh honestly i would be like oh um are you on the phone what was that please help you would um ask at least one follow-up question. See, I did yes. nothing. And oh, I asked okay. no follow-up questions and just rode with my hand on the door handle. Just like that's oh very I would ask. Am I either like, gonna live or die? Who who was that? Yep. Never acknowledged. Drop me off. I was never in brought it up a once. lift where the lift driver obviously had farted because oh. there was a very rancid smell. And I went, oh boy, I guess I'll roll down the window. And he went, because you farted? And I was like, no. No, you farted. <laughs> and we had a very... Did you really say you farted? Childlike... What, that yeah, that makes was, me very yes, happy. Yes, because he accused me of farting. No, I just love the idea of two adults. Two adults just be like, you farted. You, no, farted. you farted. That's the nicest... Thank you for telling me that story. Oh, you're welcome. And when he dropped me off at home, he was like, uh, smell you later. And I was like, no, <laughs> smell yourself later because you farted. It was a very... Tense but playful ride. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh boy, Cameron, are you single right now? Um, that's a well. I'm separated. I'm a person who's mm-hmm. separated. Um, so, uh, what you so know? What do you check? You know what I mean? In the yeah. like, there are. I do live in Los Angeles, so like, I recently went to the doctor and had to fill out a form, and there was a box mm-hmm. for separated. But really? I feel like maybe that's a very a very niche LA box. version of mm-hmm. a form because I don't because usually you know what I mean yeah it's usually a single divorced or widowed <laughs> exactly. but I like that they're separated it's like I'm still working through this yeah I thought it thank was thank you pretty, for uh, seeing me and acknowledging I it I thought it was pretty cool that that they had all of that to offer are you on the apps at all um I'm not on the apps okay um actually I'm gonna be very real I have never. Um, been on an app or 
had an internet day. Like, because now they're apps, but like, let's say five years ago when they would have uh-huh. just been like on a desktop type mm-hmm. of a version, or you had to pull it up through your phone mm-hmm. manually through some sort of Safari. Yes. Uh, I've also never done that. I've never done any of it. You're Isn't that very, lucky. very weird though? No, you are very lucky. I, I guess I'm lucky, but I do feel like out of step with my entire generation. Mm. Like, I'm 37. I'm not mm-hmm. 500. <laughs> so it is weird that I've never had this experience. I have, a, like, a handful of friends who've never done online dating. I've never. And it's very funny because uh, a lot of them will be like, well, let me see yours and start swiping for me. And I'm not one of those people that's like, it's life or death. I don't want to die alone because we all die alone. I'm just like— we do. This is, it's not a game. I'm truly just, you're not even looking at what they're saying. And so I, like, when I go to Portland to visit my friend Tess, I let her swipe and I let her message people because her and her husband really love doing it. And it's just sad. But, but okay, when did you, like, if you could give me the origin, mm-hmm. like, when was, when do you think was the first time you were experiencing this? The first time I tried online dating was when I was living in New York mm-hmm. and, oh, years and years and years ago because it was eHarmony. Yeah, like, do you—please tell me more, yes. Well, eHarmony and, like, Match.com were, like, one of the first, I feel. Yep. Uh, and I applied for eHarmony, filled out the whole questionnaire, and they said I was part of the 2% of unmatchable people. Are you uh, serious? Yes. I wish I screenshot it, but, like, it was so long ago and it was Adele. I don't know how to do that on Adele. What does that even mean? It means that they ask you the same question in different iterations, and I thought it would be funny to have a different answer for every iteration. (laughs) So to the algorithm, I'm sure it was like sociopath. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, So then I started doing OkCupid, and I think this would have to be in like 2008, maybe 2009. I was going to say, I was going to guess. That's what I almost, I was like, this is 10 years ago. I could tell by the way... Just the ideas you mm-hmm. were mentioning. Damn. I was like, this is a, yeah, like this is a 10 years ago uh-huh. situation. So I guess it's not like it's not like I it's not like I've uh, not dated in 10 mm-hmm. years. Um, I definitely have. I I feel like, yeah, can you imagine I'm like we're like 10 years off in this experience. You've been mm-hmm. doing something for 10 years or you've had yes. 10 years of experience with something I've not even done one time. It, it makes me kind of weird. I'm kind of weirdo. No, I think you're so lucky. That you haven't had to experience or navigating this thing because you match with someone, you're like, okay, on a surface level, we think we're compatible. Then you start texting and it's either, ooh, I hate the way this person texts, or you're like, oh, I like the way this person texts. And then that creates this weird intimacy that's false because oh, yeah. you still you don't know them. You don't even know what they sound like. And then you meet them and you either have a connection or you don't. And then you're like, well, that means I've wasted, if you've talked for a week, you've wasted a week of time talking to this person where like if you just met them in real life, you can just almost immediately be like, ah, that's a no. Disagree. I, I will oh. say only that I disagree with this premise. Okay. Uh, because I am a lesbian. Yes. And one thing that is true is that um, you can meet, if you're lesbian, you can meet someone in real life not necessarily think that they're right for you and then move in with them and date them for one and a half years. <laughs> um, I I really feel like, uh, I mean, again, I'm not some magical person mm-hmm. that I've never been 
that I've never done online dating. I'm just somebody who has, um, because of our job that we both share, we're Mm -hmm. both performers, I am like visible, right? Mm -hmm. And then I also am a part of this like really small subset, which is like queer folks. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's like getting bigger all the time. It's a bigger, it's a growing community. Uh, There are more and more people identifying as queer, but it, it does like, shrink things down to a sort of more manageable group. Mm -hmm. And then for, like, gay men, um, there's, I think, sort of an expectation of, like, cruising around and, and, like, being out on the prowl, which, by the way, not all, like, men dig, but, like, that's the expectation. Whereas, like, I think for queer women and then there's a lot of, like, trans folks who sort of fall in this category or whatever, there's, like, a the expectation is that you're going to kind of go to these, like, Arts events slash Ooh. it's also like a workout and you'll uh-huh. make a craft, uh-huh. you know, and it's all and dogs are there, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody and you can't and but don't bring any raisins. People might be allergic, you know, it's all very it's like so deliberate mm-hmm. and it's um it's like community oriented. So I just feel like you end up meeting a lot of people and really knowing them in a way that like maybe for straight folks is just like not happening the same way. Like. You're, it seems like a more, it's a more difficult to narrow it down. Like you're just yes. walking through the world and it could be anybody versus yes. I'm going to like this specific event where everybody mm-hmm. there will be somebody I could date. I agree with you because we live in a very hetero, heteronormative world where as a person who dates someone who's the opposite sex, you walk through life being like, any old person's my choice. And I feel like when you identify as gay or queer or non-binary, you're like, I have to wonder and I have to figure out. It's almost, you have to like peel back a layer to figure out if you can even be compatible with this person. But then I've also met a lot of late-in-life lesbians who don't identify as lesbians, who are married to women, who are like, I don't know, I just fell in love with this person. It's Love is such a very curious, weird thing that I guess you really can't boil down to any real logical thing. No, that's true. But there is also like a culture. Like that's kind of what I'm talking about Uh, is less like who you'll end up with mm -hmm. and sort of like what culture you have access to. Because Mm -hmm. I think like it's not that there aren't queer women and non-binary folks who use dating apps. There certainly are. But we also just have this like – like the cultural expectation is that it'll be – is that you'll, like, leave your house and go to these events where you end up meeting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just have—I've dated a shit ton of people. I've just met them all in the real world. Mm. But they. Ha- but my real world is maybe an app, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, it's maybe already doing uh-huh. the doing matching thing. Yeah, where it's for you on your phone. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, that makes a lot of sense. Where it's like, here's 10% of people that are interested in the same weird, like, mm-hmm. f- like. Uh, painting where it's everybody's using real human hair, you know, and you're like, well, we all both ended up here, so I guess we should date, you know. I just feel like a painting where we use real human hair is so specific, and I feel like it might be uh, true in your life. <laughs> it's not real in my life, but I know that there, you know, there's definitely a queer listener to this show who mm-hmm. does work in that medium. Like, there's no like, doubt mm, in my mind. Yes, uh, a Winston Charles, yes. <laughs> That's uh, who uses hair in their work. Uh, I loved the first iteration of The L Word, which is coming back. Yes. Uh, and I loved that everyone would go to the planet and uh, they everyone dated each other. And I was like, this is fun. I want this. And the same thing with Queer as Folk. I was like, I want to date all my friends. And I don't have, I don't have friendships like that. Where it's, f- it's just... 
fluid. It's very confusing, though. Mm -hmm. Well, because, okay, so you can't actually throw anybody away. Like, no. after you date them, even if it goes terribly, Mm -hmm. you're going to see them, like, tomorrow. Tomorrow, because now they're dating your best friend. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can't burn it down to the ground, and and, uh, that is really positive. I think, Mm -hmm. like, straight folks could— could have a little bit more of that. But I also think that, like, the expectation there is pretty challenging. Like, the real life, mm-hmm. my my wife, Rhea, and I, who we are separated, like, we're co-hosting a stand-up show together mm-hmm. right now. That's, like, the most lesbian thing of all time, to still continue <laughs> to really work together. Is. It's Can so I ask gay. you about that? Is that okay? Yeah, you could ask me about it. You mean is, hosting the show? Yeah, is it hard? Yeah, it is hard. It's, mm-hmm. well, because um because it's very fun. Mm-hmm. Is why it's hard. Like it, it, uh, Rhea and I met like as comics first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's no part of me that has ever thought that like Rhea wasn't so funny. Mm-hmm. And so I just think like it's hard to still have that feeling about somebody. Like you're mm-hmm. still so funny. Like I still really appreciate your art. That's, that's like a confusing feeling to have about somebody that you're not currently partnered to. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's not like I'm not going to see them. I'm going to mm-hmm. see Rhea for the rest of my life, regardless of what happens. Like, mm-hmm. literally, we work in the same field. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to see it's them a, forever. It's a very yeah. small uh, community doing comedy. You, you know, run into the same people so all the time. I just felt like, well, I'm either going to see them on my terms and, mm-hmm. like, on their like we'll either decide what our terms are and see each other that way or we're going to, like, randomly run into each mm-hmm. other and it'll be much worse. I think that's... A very elegant way to handle that. (laughs) It's, I think it's, I think you are evolved. Like, I think instead of being petty, you're like, well, we created this show. It's still going on. I don't want to have, you know, custody of the show. I get it two, two Tuesdays a month or whatever. I think it's just so evolved that you can be civil, be funny, and continue doing this art that you created together. I, I like it. I oh, think it's great. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I I hope that it, um, I mean, we took a break, you know, to make mm-hmm. it, like, from hosting to make it a, more of a choice. Like, mm-hmm. we took a break so that we could both choose whether we wanted to come back and do it. And I, I will say, you know, again, I think that's, like, one of the gifts of queerness is, like, mm-hmm. is, like, knowing a little bit about what it's like to have somebody have to continue to be a part of your life and Mm -hmm. then you know because like if you don't have any practice with that (coughs) how do you it seems really hard if you don't have any like do you Mm -hmm. have relationships with people you've dated um not really well I mean I've I have relationships with people I've hooked up with so very different it is different uh because there was no like real feelings exchanged but anyone I've had I haven't had a real relationship one uh, I had like an on and off again thing for like three years and I haven't talked to him in two years. And then the last person I dated that I was serious about, we don't really talk anymore. Uh, and one of them wasn't in comedy. So uh, it was just like, I'm not going to really run into him. So yeah. meh. And then, uh, yeah, I don't really talk to anyone I've been passionate about. They well, just fade away. The folks that you've hooked up with, do you do those people pop into your life and it feels neutral? Like yes, okay, it's very neutral because uh, it's like I've been doing comedy for so long and you just run into people show after show and it's 
it's kind of like if you're going to be awkward about it, you're just going to feel awkward a lot. These are folks in comedy. Yes. So that's another thing that is so that is so funny. Like, okay. Because <laughs> Rhea's the first comic I ever did it. I dated mm-hmm. a lot of artists. Ah. Um, I dated like like a like painter clown. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love before yeah. I can even pass judgment. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what kind of clown? Like uh, a like, full blown honkety honk? Um, yeah, but like but like Cirque du Soleil stuff. So like oh, okay. like uh like clowning okay. would be like like a buffon is actually like the French oh, for okay. clown or whatever. All right, I like it. They're also like an acrobat or whatever. So they're mm-hmm. like up on a trapeze and then they like come down and like juggle stuff. You know, like okay. Because I was a circus ringmaster. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We've we've all gotten to where we are today, which is this. You were factory. a circus ringmaster. I was. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I did not know this. Yeah. How long were you a circus ringmaster? Just three years. Um, but I. Uh, there's a circus company in Chicago that mm-hmm. was like folks that who who um worked like Cirque du Soleil type stuff. Like so not animals, but like mm-hmm. um trapeze or they climb a giant rope, right? My roommate was a hair hanger, which uh, is Oh my god. You hang from but, your yes. hair. <laughs> oh. Um That must be so painful. Yeah, it's like a family secret. She had to like train from fam from a family that's like our hair our lineage is that uh, we are mm-hmm. a hair hanging people? That is bizarre. It is that bizarre. That is so strange. I love it. I know. Me too. I, I loved it too. I was hosting shows with them for for them in Chicago, mm-hmm. and then they asked me to come on the road with them. So then I was touring with them. And then for how long? Just for three years. That's that's so funny. It was cool. <laughs> Have you seen the Magic Mike show in Las Vegas? No. Is it? So does it the, feel? The tell woman me. who hosts it has your kind of energy. And I wonder if the person who created the show saw you be a ringmaster <laughs> on tour and were like, well, that's the that's, person who's going to be the ringmaster here. Oh, my God. That's really funny. Yeah. I can't remember the woman's name, but I saw it. And I was like, that's Cameron Esposito. <laughs> yeah. I like, wish I had that job. And I think she had your old haircut. Oh, my God. I, like, Ye old side for a, Yeah. For like a half a second, I was like, Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> But it was not you. What if you didn't know, but that's what I was working on? That you just fly back and forth to Vegas to host Magic Mike? But also that you had to per- that you had to be like, this makes sense as a project for you, you know? <coughs> yeah, you're like, I'm, I'm a queer lesbian comic who really loves men sometimes. <laughs> uh, that'd be very funny. I it would, would love be funny. it. But all these people, yogi, you know, like any, like modern dancer, person in the roller derby, like mm-hmm. this whole like adjacent things, people that might be in like in the arts world, but um, in the art world. But um, Rio was like the first comic that I really dated. And like until that, it never occurred to me that stand up was like sexual for anybody. Because ah. when I started in Chicago, mm-hmm. literally I was the gay comic. Mm-hmm. Like there was one dude, um, Bill Cruz, I think – I don't, I don't I don't know where he lives. He might maybe he lives here, maybe he lives in Chicago. I don't know. But um yeah, there were no mm-hmm. there were zero women. And um so it was like never like I would go to Mike's mm-hmm. and then I would go home. And it was years be before yeah. I realized that comics were hooking up with each other. Huh. Like I literally never thought about it. That is so funny that you never realized. I never it. realized it's it. It's such an incestuous. I know. Place. I know. Like the. F- I I know that now. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, it was years. I just was like, like, this is where we all... This is where we all come to this do is our work. Art. Yeah, exactly. We're just working. <laughs> We're all telling jokes. We're tee-hee-heeing. Nobody's fucking a single soul. This is, I truly did not know. You're like the secretary at the office where everyone's fucking. And you're like, what? I've just been in the front the whole time. Uh, I know. Everyone's in the the fax machine closet. I don't know. If I, <laughs> I like anticipate that I'll have to send a form to HR if I uh-huh. ever. Like it was like such a big deal to me when I started seeing Rhea because I was just like, what if anybody knows you know oh, that i like so funny yeah but also makes sense yeah there was no one for me to date mm-hmm. so i just didn't know everybody was fucking <laughs> i don't know <laughs> was fucking um let's see do you consider yourself a serial monogamist do you jump from relationship to relationship yes mm-hmm. um that's pretty true there have been like of short breaks, uh, but it's usually a couple months. Mm -hmm. And then during that time, maybe I'm like dating around a little bit, but people that I sleep with, it ends up being something. Mm -hmm. Um, And also not all of that totally monogamous, but like Mm -hmm. in a way that was like very um, not like swingy or or fully in like a kink scene or something like that. More so just like, like I had this ex girlfriend and we tried to date somebody. Like mm-hmm. like we like met this person we both really liked her and so we took her out on dates. But the two of us mm-hmm. is like the most again like on the Kinsey scale I'm a lesbian because <laughs> I just everything I've ever done no is number satisfies yeah. you. You're like mm, just lesbian. Yeah. Because, like, nobody I mean we like took her out on multiple dates and like mm-hmm. bought her dinner and stuff. Like anticipating that maybe we would, like, get to kiss her down the uh, line. Like, this is not how, this is not how any, like, non-monogamy works so for anybody sweet. else. <laughs> yeah. If we keep taking her out, maybe we can each steal a kiss. <laughs> we're, like, on Tinder, you'll see couples that are like, we're just looking to fuck <laughs> I, somebody new. And you're like, this is so aggressive, I and know. I'm truly not into this. I know. It was, she broke up with us eventually, and that was a very uncomfortable experience to share with another person because mm-hmm. you know like we got du- like when you get dumped by yourself you're just like what's wrong with me i'm disgusting but now you're like but what's d- wrong with, with us? us like <laughs> why are we so bad <laughs> that is so funny that you as a couple got dumped <laughs> by this one person and she was probably like they won't even fucking kiss me i, I know <laughs> i keep having to eat dinner and nobody will kiss me absolutely oh, i love it yeah absolutely do you remember your first relationship? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, it's weird because I had, like, a stutter step mm-hmm. of dudes, you know? Like, ah, yes. it's not like I don't consider – I just – I don't know what I consider those um, mm-hmm. because, like, in high school I had boyfriends. <laughs> what were you like in high school? I was a fat, very unattractive, pimply – a woman with glasses who exuded a bunch of confidence. And I'm not sure where I found the confidence because I look back at pictures and I'm like, oh, wow, you had a very, very rough, awkward, ugly phase. Um, I was also very loud. I did not date in high school. I didn't really date until my mid-20s. But yeah, I was just like, and I also grew up in an all-white neighborhood. So it was me, my sister, and then maybe, like, five of their black kids in my school out of, like, I think I graduated with, like, 300 kids. 
So out of like a thousand kids at a school, there was like maybe 10. Uh, so it was, it was weird in a way where I, I didn't like find comedy because I was like made fun of for being an other. I was embraced by being an other. People were like, you're inherently cool because you're black. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> sure, why not? I got pimples and uh, don't look great. So uh, I'll take it. I don't care. Uh, so yeah, that's how I was in high school. So like what what group did, did you hang out with? Like, or or did you hang out with a group? I hung out with, I would say, mid-tier girls. <laughs> mid-tier girls. Yeah, I actually, like they I weren't play some... super popular, yeah, but sure. we weren't fucking losers. And then after my mom died, I started doing more theater. So I hung out with the drama nerds. Sure. But I was the coolest of the drama nerds. <laughs> uh, Which is a real thing. Mm-hmm. I know that person. There's also tears in drama. Yeah. And honestly, the techies are at the bottom. Sure. Sure. The techies. All that black. They all that black, very cool. All those black outfits. Yeah. And then some of them would have dandruff. And you're like, well, if you're going to wear black, you got to wash your hair. It's true. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, also I was funny in high school, so that got me through a lot of things. I don't think anyone ever made fun of me because they were like, well, she's pretty quick-witted, so if I dare say anything, she'll probably eat me alive, you know, metaphorically and physically. Right, right, right. I once got suspended from school because this girl was, like, saying nasty shit to my friend, and I was like, you stupid bitch, I'll sit on you and I'll kill you. <laughs> and then she like reported me and the school was like, we have to take that as a real threat. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But then my mom was like, honestly, pretty funny. You want Dairy Queen? <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. Make me bigger and more threatening. Wow. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, yeah. What were you like in high school? Well, so my start to dating is like, so my first boyfriend was um, I went to a school that was also very white. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like very, very tall mm-hmm. and um, Filipino, and he was on the, he was like the center of the basketball team. Okay, and so like he that was just an unusual person, mm-hmm. right? Like a and he also um, wore like a rainbow belt and ha- and was like a and um, was on a dance team on the weekends. Okay. He was like a jock, but he also was really into dancing. But like in uh, sync era dancing he like at like a dance school dance what a dream a circle breaks out he's the guy in the middle he like takes off his unbuttoned shirt Mm -hmm. he has like a white tank top on he knows like all the dances and everything pup you know Mm -hmm. puppet string hands and all that you know the era oh absolutely um, in sync no strings attached i'm here and uh so like that and he was also like in a band he's really sensitive he was just an unusual person Mm -hmm. at my high school so that was the first person i dated Uh, quick question do you know where he is now a years ago, like this maybe would still be 10 years ago, he came to see me do stand-up in Chicago. Really? He came to the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago to see me do stand-up, mm-hmm. and he was like the nicest man. Like, I remember him being very kind to me in high school, mm-hmm. and um, we did not keep in touch. And then like, this would have been, you know, 10 years later mm-hmm. or whatever, he came to see me do stand-up. He was so encouraging. That's cute. And he was so kind. Uh, and I was just like, this is... As I suspected, mm-hmm. you know, like I thought you were nice, and you ended and you up are being nice. a nice person. Yeah, oh. he, he turned out like handsome, and um, I think he's an actor. I don't know where he lives, but mm-hmm. um, it was nice to see him. And uh, anyway, so like that was the first guy. Then the second guy was the the like uber jock in mm-hmm. our in our class. He was the guy. He was like as a freshman, the varsity football team 
like, asked him to play, mm-hmm. and he played the entire game. He played offense, defense, and special teams. Oh. And he ran anchor leg on the track team on the oh. 4x100 relay, but he was not on the track team. They were just like, if you want to swing by, help you're the us, fastest. Uh, help us win this meet. Yeah. Uh, you could just drop in if you like. Yeah. I mean, what a dream. So I had, like, this, like, unplaceable cool guy. Mm-hmm. And then this um, really jockey jock uh, guy who was also he had a his body was like overdeveloped for a teen, mm-hmm. like he mm-hmm. was very very muscular, mm-hmm. real magic Mike. Yep, that's who I dated in high school. How long did you can date you him? believe that that is true? I think it, I, I did <laughs> the first guy for like a year and a half, and the second guy I dated him into college. I dated him for like four years. Wow. Yeah, I love it. Did yeah. you, were you, I feel like you're pretty androgynous now. Uh, were you feminine or just as androgynous oh my in high God. school? Okay, this is going to be a great answer that you're going to, I think, really okay. like. Uh, like, going into high school, mm-hmm. um, I wore, uh, well, I had a uniform skirt because I mm-hmm. went to Catholic school. Um, I wore a uniform skirt and, like, you know, button-down shirt or whatever and white knee socks mm-hmm. and, like, those platform Steve Martin loafers. Yes. Steve Madden. Steve Madden. It's Steve Martin wasn't making them. He was like, Steve I Martin didn't make Steve Martin was like, these. I do comedy, but also I need the teens <laughs> to I'm, be tall. I do play a banjo. <laughs> I don't make these shoes. That's the one thing I don't do. Yeah. Those platform Steve Madden mm-hmm. loafers. And I had, like, really long hair. And then once I started dating... The second boyfriend, who was, like, so masculine, mm-hmm. I—it was clear to me—like, it's clear to me looking back at pictures yes. that I, like, just, like, gave myself a pass. Where I was like, mm-hmm. you're dating this guy? Uh-huh. Like, the coast is clear. Nobody thinks— <laughs> like That is like, no, so funny. And the opposite reaction that I would have. <laughs> oh, my God. I would be like, oh, my God, I've got this muscular man. I have to look good at all times in a way that's overly feminized. No, so it literally, like, my hair gets shorter <laughs> and shorter and shorter till when I'm a senior, and I dyed it. Uh, I, like, bleached it, but then I was on the swim team, so it just turned gray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had gray hair, but not the cool gray hair from now. No, but just, like, gray with a tinge brittle. of green. <laughs> gray, gray green mm-hmm. hair. Uh, I had a black eye for a lot of the year because oh I God. had because a pool ball had been dropped on my face at like a party that I was at. I had a black eye, had ch- like just choker upon choker, <laughs> but like but the beaded ones, you know, uh, like a full yes, like, like the a surfer thick, beaded ones from like yep, uh, like every guy mm-hmm. in your class had them. Yeah, uh, like thick beaded <laughs> chokers. Then I would wear a white leather belt and white platform, steel-toe, Doc Martin boots. Oh, boy. Th- that were, like, high. Uh-huh. And that's what I look like. I look like, I look like, <laughs> like an extra that's in the back of Empire Records where they're like, is she okay? to see a picture of this. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay, we have to take a break. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. 
Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. And we're back. What a treat. 
In high school, I, I would wear a lot of track suits that matched my sneakers, which oh. matched my nails, which oh. matched my hair. Oh, ooh. So sometimes I would be like head to toe in red. So it would just be like a red ensemble, red nails, a red weave. And honestly, looking back, someone should have told me it was not good. But I mean, you described that to me and I'm like, she has unlocked an, a, a level of femininity that I do not know. <laughs> like just the idea of you all in in. In a red, in just red. a red tracksuit uh-huh. is the most feminine thing I can imagine for myself by the time I was a senior. So funny. <laughs> I love it so much. In, uh, you went to a four-year college? Yeah. Did you, so you had that boyfriend until? Sophomore year. Sophomore year, you break up. Who did you date after that? Is that when you came out? Straight up chicks. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> is your coming out story a boring thing to talk about? No, I mean, it's just, it was is gnarly because I went to Catholic college. You could not come out or you could be kicked out of school. What? Or removed from the faculty. I That's so insane to me, but yet, like, this is not from surprising. Now. Like, this is from now. now. Yeah. I like to, like, t- add that detail because it feels mm-hmm. like, but this is in the yeah, it feels like late from, like, 50s, the 50s, early 60s. Yeah. You know, you're like, but no, no, this, no, is, this like is the 2000s, 2000s. Like, Yeah, that's this is the 2000s. Fucking nuts. Um. What a bummer. So it was like, it was very, it was real difficult. Mm-hmm. I was also a theology major because I wanted to be a priest. Who know? Who knows what we're doing when <sighs> we make decisions? I'm learning such <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah. So you were a circus <laughs> ringmaster. Then you were like, uh, oh, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> priest. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I started dating women, but it was like not like that, I guess, is my first real relationship. Mm-hmm. Like the other ones were just like, this is, I mean, those were relationships, but it's confusing. They were my best friends, like, I love those mm-hmm. men. It, we were not, I was not into having sex with them. Nor mm-hmm. were we, nor were we having sex. Well, there you, I think, they were relationships, but I feel like it's like one of those things where it was one of those exercises and something that you thought you had to do. Where you're like, well, this is what's expected of me. This is what I have to do. Like, also, I remember coming out to my mom that I liked dicks. <laughs> I was looking up Playgirl on the internet. Oh, my God. Didn't know about clearing a browser history. My mom called me into our, uh, the office that my dad had, and she was like, do you want to tell me why you were looking at Playgirl? And I fully remember going, but um, what? I want to see them. I want to see all the—I wanted to see penises. <gasps> and my mom, I remember, like, held back a laugh and was like, well, can you not do it on the family computer? <laughs> And then I remember saying, then where would I look for them? Yeah. Because we only had one computer. I mean, it's a great question. Get me. Get me my own fucking computer so I can look at all the dicks that I want to look at. It was a very weird thing. Is And Playgirl, are they, um, is it an erect penis? It's not like. No, they're flaccid dicks. I'm pretty sure they're flaccid. I haven't looked at a Playgirl in years. That seems what I, the reason I asked that question is Mm -hmm. because that. I don't know why Playgirl seems like it's like partially soft core. Mm. Like, is it just, is it like hardcore? No, it's soft core in the way that Playgirl is kind of. Right. So, like, there's right. no penetration. Right. Nobody's like, you know, fucking spread eagle and spreading their lips. Uh, I feel like it's flaccid dicks or like semi hard dicks. So, isn't that weird now to think about that? <laughs> yeah, that I was like, I gotta see a dick not in action. <laughs> just one flopping around. That's all I need. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. And I just remember seeing one and being like, huh, okay. All right. And I knew what sex was. Like, I knew 
with sex was was uh, from a very early age because I found a book called Our Bodies, Our Minds or whatever. And I was like flipping through it and was like, this is sex between a man and a woman. And I was like, whoa, hey, mom, quick question. Daddy did that to you? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, how could he? Oh, my God. How could he? I remember being so upset about it. And now I'm just like, sex is good, baby. I love it. You know what? I'm going to follow all this up with that uh, I was having in my mind. Nicole, I'm I'm not sure. I need to, like, get a playgirl, I think, because <laughs> this is a real thing from my—that's actually true. I don't think I know what a uh, flaccid penis looks like. That's very funny. <laughs> um, because, like, I have certainly seen mm-hmm. porn. That's not— Usually the star mm-hmm. of the show. No. Oh, flaccid penis. No, usually they're rock hard yeah. for the jump. That's, you know, uh, they don't show the, 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 the like, car trip or like there. The after. Yes. Yeah. It's um, all about the action. I will say some of them are, you're just like, ugh. And then have you seen an uncircumcised penis? I, I don't, like, like on the TV. On the TV, I, I mean, because, you know, if you think about also like really my my most of my experiences with men were in high school and then just like a mm-hmm. few in college. And like, I don't know what some people were doing in high school. Like maybe some people were, fl- but mm-hmm. I was so uncomfortable with my own body that there was a lot of like, all, like certain articles of clothes are kept on yes. and there's like rooter, rooting around going mm-hmm. on. Like it's not like two people like boning, staring like, at each other yes. like. Like, let's see the—it's not the scene in the notebook where she takes her, um, where Allie takes her dress down. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't even know that scene in the notebook. It's okay. It's not even permanently it's okay. burned you, on my you brain. You kind of vaguely remember it, and you're like, ah, I don't know. It's not— uh, No, I know it so see. well. Watch American Psycho. I think you see Christian Bale's penis in that. But it, then he murders a lot of people, right? Yeah, he's like I'm holding scared a chainsaw of things. covered I don't in blood think I can. and his dick's flopping around. All right. nah, okay, maybe skip that. Yeah. Maybe that's not how you, you watch get it. introduced Just to a dick. Just send me a screenshot. Um, I okay, don't know. I'll send you a flaccid penis. <laughs> <laughs> Our text just... messages will be, can you do my podcast? Here's a flaccid penis. <laughs> and then we become lifelong friends. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I... I guess I was very curious about the the male genitalia that I didn't ever search for female genitalia. And I remember the first time I saw a porn, I was like, oh, wow, my vagina does not look like that vagina. And then I went on a hunt for other vaginas. And now I play a very fun game where sometimes at dinner, I'll be like, everyone draw your vagina. Oh, my God, really? How uh-huh. does that go? It's fun. You pass around a paper and then everyone draws their vaginas uh, in wow. the way they think they can. I was just gonna say because, like, what's the um, what's the point of view? Are we where? Um, where where's I the? I think the point of view is your legs spread eagle and <laughs> whatever is there is what I, you draw. Okay, all right, I understand. But sometimes you you can just draw the front if you like. Yeah, that's like if you're just standing up. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. There's there's like several yes. vantage points, mm-hmm. uh, and that to me is fun because I feel like vaginas don't get talked about a lot and I didn't know that there was so many different ones and it's fun to know what your friends are working with actually you're you're totally right and uh I mean the number of times I was like at a club I was at a comedy club and in the bathroom of the green room Mm -hmm. there was uh there were like all these paintings Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize until multiple shows into the weekend that like in all the paintings Mm -hmm. there were penises like like oh. jo- like jokingly sprinkled in mm-hmm. 
it's a garden, but there's like, but some of the flowers are whatever. And I just was like, man, fuck off. Like, <laughs> like I'm just like, is this what, this is what you think comics <laughs> want to see? see? Like, we want to like, see I'm a at dick work. at all times. <laughs> but, um, it is interesting that in comedy, the work baseline is very blurred. What is appropriate and what's not appropriate is so fucking blurred. And specifically with penises. Because, like, yes. the number of times I've had to follow a comic and they just use the mic for a dick. Or they, yeah. like, humped the stool or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you do you realize that, that like, this mic is still sort of your dick? Mm-hmm. And now I have to put it near my mouth. And mm-hmm. you're my friend. Yeah. I don't even think you want to do that to me. I just think you're not... You're not thinking, thinking about it, yeah. you know, like, cause it's like, there's, it's so accepted. Like, mm-hmm. I am so glad that this seems to be like out of favor right now, but I'm so glad that the jerk off motion mm. is no longer in everybody's set. How? I'm so tired of that motion. Interesting. I've never thought of that, but the jerk off motion was in cinema. It was in people's sets. People very regularly would do it in conversations and it's very funny. I never really did it because I was. Just, I. It's just a weird motion. Uh, yeah, I'm actually. I'm happy that that's gone. Like five years ago and ten years, that had like a real heyday. Mm-hmm. I think I could even. I mean, I don't really want to. I'm not gonna. But I. I think I also can tie it to which comic brought that into our Dane all of our lives. No, I'm oh. gonna say. Uh, his arch nemesis. Oh, Louis C.K. Yeah. Oh, boy. I love Louis. He's a great man. Uh, he's He was never nice to me. So. I just think he was doing he was doing that a lot yeah. in his act. And, like, so many people were... Um, were um, uh, trying to emulate their idol. Yeah. I was watching old Dane Cook. Pretty funny. <laughs> you people know shit on Dane Cook, but I was watching some of his early <laughs> stuff, and I was like, you know what? He's wearing Jankos and a tank top, and he's making me laugh. <laughs> Another thing that I feel like people don't talk about with him and like, did you, I don't know if this ever happened for you, mm-hmm. but people I knew burnt, like multiple people burnt CDs mm-hmm. of like different specials or, mm-hmm. or albums of his. And then this was like a time where like you, if you had a CD player in your car, that was still like very like, yes, whoa, like you like bring the giant uh-huh. book of CDs yeah. and like people would then throw that CD in and um, I would be like, driving around with friends or on a road mm-hmm. trip or whatever and listening to his albums specifically because mm-hmm. he was like putting them out in a different yes. way and so you could burn them easily. And I think I think that some of that like community listening to comedy, mm-hmm. um, like that existed I with like records, but then there was a big yes. gap. Like Bob Newhart's record, do you know that his, do you know the button up mind of Bob Newhart is like one of the best selling records of all time? Like no. it outsold Elvis. Really? The year that it was released, it was like the number one record. No, I did not and know And so that. like people would sit around and have like listening parties mm-hmm. or whatever. Then there's like this huge gap. Then people like listen to, to Dane Cook that way. And I think, I kind of think it's like primed people mm-hmm. to be open to podcasts, things like that. Yeah. Like it, he did actually like usher in a new era of accessibility mm-hmm. for stand-up. Whether or not you think he's a piece of shit, that mm-hmm. is irrefutable. Yeah, I do think people shit on him, but he did. He is kind of revolutionary. Yeah, he, like, made it so that stand-up was part of, like, hip culture mm-hmm. again. It wasn't really. Yeah, because I do think, I think stand-up was a very niche thing. It was niche. For a very long time. Or it was, like, or it was, like, rote. It was either, mm-hmm. like, what your parents were doing for a date. Yes. Or it was, like, Artie, you mm-hmm. know, and he like kind of bridged that and made it. And now it's mainstream, cool and hip. 
Yeah. You tour so much. Do you run into chuckle fuckers? Mm. Never. Really? Well, no, I maybe I run into them, but I run the other way. They may oh, they might okay. run into me. Do you? Does that happen no, to you? I don't think it happens very often to uh, straightish women. I don't know. I don't consider myself straight. I also don't consider myself anything other than slutty. Uh, oh, I, I just, didn't know you didn't consider yourself straight. Yeah, it's not like a thing where I'm like, this is the new me. I just, I've like slept with women in the past. Cool. And then last I don't know why I said year, cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. Oh no, what else do you say? <laughs> last year I made like an actual effort to to like open my mind and not pass judgment on women so much on apps. Oh, to cool. be like, I don't know if she, I don't know. It was like one of those things where I was like, I'm looking for a specific type of woman, but I was like, open yourself up and you might like a different type. I like butch women um, who are a little bit more masculine than me. But yeah, last year I made an effort where I was like, I want to actually date women and not just sleep with them. And I don't consider myself pansexual because I don't like the term. Uh, I think it sounds stupid. <laughs> How do you feel about like queer? Like, does that feel good or does that not feel like the right thing? It's like queer you're just like I'm feel open right. to dating. Yeah, I'm just open to dating. Queer yeah. doesn't feel right because I would, I would hate to like have some like you know like you label yourself as something and then the the people are like let's lift up this new queer voice and I'm like ah no I'm still pretty heteronormative in my act and. Uh, my life truly but like if a woman were to pop up I would never be like I don't do that it's like nope I like sex with women and uh, I like being with women Uh, most of my dearest friends are women so why wouldn't I you know date one yeah I mean I think what's what's really awesome about uh, where we are right now as a culture is like I think I'm like the gayest 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 Uh gayest person I like think I'm so gay uh, I experience myself as very gay. But, um, you know, that doesn't mean that for me, I know for sure, like, what type of person I would ever mm-hmm. sleep with in the future. And I and because I know that for me, I think that's probably true for everybody. Because I mm-hmm. think of myself as very far on one side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I still, like, you know, can tell if a man is attractive or, like, you know, cis man and be like, oh, I'm into mm-hmm. that person, you know? And I think that's, I just like, I like where we are right now because I don't, it doesn't change my identity Mm -hmm. to be open about the fact that like, that doesn't mean irrefutably Mm -hmm. one answer. My favorite type of a cis man is when they can go, ooh, what a pretty man. Like I love that. And it doesn't negate their straightness or like what they're sexually attracted to. But they can openly say, I that man looks very nice and I'm here for it. Yeah. I I like men who are not threatened. Their masculinity is not threatened by another man. Yeah. Uh, I think the ideal man that I want to date is a man who is gay until he met me. <laughs> you know what's so wild is like the frontier of I, f- fully identifying as gay mm-hmm. for a man and then whoopsie daisy, <laughs> here's my exception or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I know uh, women who that's true for, you know, like I know folks who are like, I used to identify as like cisgender, now I identify as trans. And so like mm-hmm. that means in, in my shifting identity, I'm now interested in a shifting mm-hmm. type of a partner or whatever. Like I know all of these, I do not know the man that you are saying is your ideal man. I don't know him either. I have, I have never, I don't know him. I don't know if he exists. I 
I don't know. Like, I have many gay friends. Right. And most of my gay friends are, like, hardcore men. Men, 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 men. I couldn't even dream of a woman. I'll tickle you, but that's about it. That's uh, that's the most touching I want to do to you. I don't know. If anyone's listening and... What about the biased guy? He's the biased. He's oh, the sure. most bi. All right. I guess I'll take a bi guy. <laughs> He's buyer. Bi I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said that. He's buyer. <laughs> buyer for me. Uh, I mean, that's the dream. That's the ticket. That's what I want. I don't know. I don't, I don't ever know. Sexuality is such an interesting thing. Yeah, it is. Dating is such a... Biased guy. That's... The biased guy. Yeah, I guess that's what I want. I want a bi guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. A bi guy who's mostly dated men. Yeah, that's... But that's... But see, like... And that is a thing that's that That's a I thing, yeah. Get, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I, I want. want that for you. Cameron, The biased you. guy. Okay, here's something I ask all of my guests, and by all, I mean everyone except for four people. Would you date me? <laughs> oh, well, not currently. Okay. Because this is a terrible time in my life. Okay. <laughs> Fair. And I'm not bringing that into your life. Fair. Thank you. I appreciate you not bringing that to me. Yeah. Don't. You can't have it. I can take the pain from one relationship and and I can bring it right to ah, another yes, partner yes, yes. and say, hey, <laughs> do you want to help with this? <laughs> I, I'm in a lot of pain and, uh, I mean, I can deal with it myself, but do I want to? That's like you moving into a fully furnished apartment and bringing furniture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there's already a chair here, Cameron. But you also, can throw that the, chair away and be like, no, I'm going to keep it. The furniture I'm bringing in is on fire. <laughs> like, we, the, we have this furniture here that's. That's not on fire. Mm-hmm. But see, but this stuff. But this stuff is on fire. Is so on fire. it's toasty. Yeah. So we don't need heat. <laughs> I've solved problems with my furniture. That's very funny. I'm also working on trying to leave things behind that need to be left behind and not bringing in pain or predetermined thoughts into a relationship. It's really hard. Being, it is really hard. Being a person who's okay is hard. Well, also, because, you know, what, I, what I've realized recently is, like, the job that I have as a trick— Mm-hmm. That I've played on myself where mm-hmm. I think that I'm talking to people about how I'm doing because I'm on stage mm-hmm. and it's my job to speak about my emotions. I'm not really talking to my friends about how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not really talking to like uh, people who could actually give me helpful feedback because that's not really a relationship that you mm-hmm. can have with the audience. Oh, you were talking about chuckle fuckers. And actually, this is a perfect ah, there we circle go. because this is exactly what like I don't I don't want an audience to take care of me like that feels mm-hmm. disgusting to me. And so I, if somebody hits on me on the road, which does happen, mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, like you have fallen for a trick. Like, ah. like I, my stage persona is real. That's yes. how I really feel. But it's also not me. Like, it's mm-hmm. se- I'm a separate person than that. And I don't want to, I don't feel comfortable because they would think they were going home with the person on stage. Yes. But they would be going home with me. And I, some people seem to be okay with that, but oh, I am not okay with so that. So many gentlemen seem yeah. to be a-okay with that. I have trouble when I meet people from apps. Uh, like, I was talking to this one guy, and he was like, is it weird to date people who know who you are? And I was like, the only weird thing is when they bring in a preconceived notion about me. Right. And he was like, oh, okay, so uh, our first date won't be like, nailed it? And I was oh like, my eh, God. Oh, my sure God. Oh, my God. Sure 
Uh, and then the date truly was pretty awful and I should have not gone. I should have, you know, listened to my intuition. Uh, but yeah, that's the that's the hardest thing I think right now is when people think they know something about me because I do talk about my personal life a lot. But also it's like I talk a lot about it, but like there's so much I don't talk about. Yeah. And I I am a person and you don't know everything about me and uh, uh, just uh, let me be vulnerable and let me uh, tell you things. Well, also relationships, like this is, it's useful for you and I to have conversation and mm-hmm. all, all this is awesome and useful, but relationships are, uh, require interaction and like a two-way street. Yes. And that's just not something that as a performer you're bringing. Like people that are listening to this, like they might feel like they know me or you mm-hmm. because I feel that way about people that I listen to. Like that's what I, I imagine that's true because that's mm-hmm. how I feel. Yes. Um, but it's not a reciprocal interaction. So, yeah. you know, like I'm looking for reciprocal. This is what I'm, hey, this is what I'm looking for. That reciprocal interaction uh-huh. where I'm not bringing too much burning furniture. Okay. Perfect. That's it. I think that's a great thing to want. <laughs> Cameron, we're at the end. Thank you. Do you have you. anything you want to promote? Yeah. Um, I have a great podcast called Put Your Hands Together that I co-host with Rhea Butcher. Mm-hmm. I got a podcast called Query that is about um like the queer experience and I interview uh, somebody from the queer community like Lena Waithe or Evan Rachel Wood or Tegan or separately Sarah. Oh, I like that you separated them. That's right. That's nice because their whole identity is being together and being twins. It was very fun to talk to them separately. Ah, I love it. And you can find that on Earwolf. That's right. Or anywhere you get podcasts. Yes, yes, yes. All right. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe uh, wherever or wherever you fucking get you know, just keep listening. Uh, but if you send me something nasty, I will read it. And this lovely person uh, emailed me and said, anyway, here's a gross thing. I want to pop the zits off your back with my teeth. Also, you deserve a man who will finally suck your toes. I've never wanted a man to suck my toes, but thank you. Oh, here we go. Nicole, I truly love your podcast. I truly want to feed you fruit punch Jolly Ranchers until your mouth turns so red that it dyes my 12-inch dildo the same color as your favorite <gasps> red hair clip-ons. After you're done soaking it with your tongue and ruby red saliva, I'll pulverize your pussy while doing my best impersonation of Chadwick Boseman. I want to make you scream my name, still Chadwick Boseman, and even if you mispronounce it, I won't stop pumping you full of red dye number four. And then they had a whole apology to say, sorry if that's not good enough. But it was perfect. Thank you for your nasty little thought. Okay, bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.